Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. everybody here we go welcome in on this tuesday kind of a foggy tuesday but welcome in glad to see you nonetheless turn the page now yesterday talked still a good bit about what happened last weekend in power ranks the sec now now it's time to turn the page time to turn the page and look at what's coming up this weekend uh big lines big lines in the sec honestly i mean even mississippi state texas a&m is a touchdown line i mean not really much Tennessee Missouri is the closest game going into the weekend in terms of lines but so much hype is centered around this weekend so I'm going to take just a first look at Ole Miss Alabama Mississippi State Texas A&M Georgia Arkansas and maybe maybe give a thought about LSU and Auburn as well Uh, but first my name is Michael Borky if you're a first time watcher or listener to this welcome in Uh, I do want to remind you real quick that if you are watching on Twitter the thing has changed they got rid of Periscope they're now just doing Twitter live uh, it's not as good as Periscope. Truthfully, if they asked for my feedback, which they do not, I would tell them that it stinks. But hey, anyway, uh, you cannot comment. So if you want to comment, I would love to have you, just like Zach did right now. Uh, you have to do it on YouTube or Facebook. So find me on Facebook if you'd like, if you're a Facebook user, uh, or YouTube. Find me on YouTube, Michael Borky on YouTube, and subscribe to the YouTube channel there because Twitter will not let you comment anymore. They, they just won't. So find me on YouTube, Michael Borky, subscribe there, and you can be a part of it there. And also, wherever you get your podcast, by the way, if you miss one of these, if you miss my late Saturday night, you know, weekend recaps, uh, this week will be on Sunday morning. Uh, Mike in the morning, wherever you get your podcasts, or just my name will turn up results as well. Uh, did you guys watch Monday Night Football last night, by the way? Uh, the Cowboys are good. The Cowboys are good, and uh, I, I mean, I'm fascinated by this Cowboys team. They looked really good last night. Philly sucks. Jalen Hurts is not going to be a longtime starter in the NFL, it doesn't appear. Um, but that was an impressive win for Dallas last night, and Dak is just really clicking right now after the injury. Uh, I said after their season opener, you know, a few Thursday nights ago that he didn't look 100% to me. Uh, he does now. He does now, and that was really impressive last night. So the Cowboys are legit. And uh, very curious to see which creative way they're going to blow it this time. Sorry, Cowboys fans. It's just what they do. I, I got in trouble. I didn't get in trouble. But there is now a uh, a running joke on the radio show because I said that the Cowboys shouldn't be America's team because America wins. And the Cowboys have not since really I've been alive. So really, the Cowboys should be France's team. And, uh, you know, people still give me crap about that. It's true, though. They're not America's team. America wins too much. Not the Cowboys. Patriots, at least over the last 20 years, have been America's team because they win. But uh, but anyway. Yeah, I watched the Manning cast last night. I, I did see where Eli did the, uh, you know, the, the double birds. And then <laughs> they go to commercial break. He's told a story about how a nine-year-old uh, gave him the double birds at, uh, at the stadium in Philly. 
And he just does it, you know, full on. I would show it to you, but, you know, you guys know what that looks like. The images are all over Twitter, and they are each and every one hilarious. Um, And then they come back to apologize, and his apology was, yeah, I did the double birds. I guess that's frowned upon. (laughs) Thanks, Eli. Um, At least the FCC doesn't regulate ESPN since it's a subscriber-based thing. Like, that's why the Jordan documentary was able to just kind of let it fly, because the FCC doesn't really have, you know, power over ESPN in terms of of that anyway. So it'll be fine. They're not going to get fined or anything. That was hilarious. Uh, People say we need more of it. And I agree. We need more Peyton and Eli. But the idea that we need more stuff like this for other broadcasts and stuff, I actually don't really agree with that. Unless you can find people that are equally as entertaining. Like Pat McAfee, sure. You know, you want to throw Pat McAfee on a college football game, I'm in. That's fine. But there are very few people out there that are as entertaining as those two. Paired with football knowledge. So when you watch the Manning cast, uh, I, I watched some of it last night. I also just watched the regular game broadcast because I did want to you know, see Dallas uninterrupted. Um, there are very few people out there if any, that can pair, you know, the goofing off with actual, like, football insider knowledge. And if we just start putting two random jokers on every game and they try to make it like the Mannings, it's going to fail. The reason why this works so well is because they're brothers and they have that dynamic. They're very smart and entertaining, and they know the game better than most people, better than everybody. Uh that's an organic thing that you can't manufacture with people that are not as entertaining as those guys, in my opinion. I don't know. I just keep seeing people say, oh, we need more of that. We need more of that. Yeah, we need more of it from the Mannings. We don't need more of that from random people out there. Uh, you know, with all due respect to Dan Orlovsky, who I, I like a, a lot, he can't do what they do. He's just he's not as organically entertaining as those two guys are. So, no, I don't need Orlovsky, you know, hanging out in a studio on a broadcast. Keep it to the Mannings. This is the money window. There's not many guys that could be entertaining like this to me. Anyway, games this weekend. My question is, and Zach says this is one of the best weekends in SEC football in a while. No game is a 100% sure bet. I agree, but the lines are huge. So Arkansas, Georgia right now is Georgia minus 18 and a half. Ole Miss, that 20 line that we saw, I don't know what that was, but it's settled at 14 and a half, at least for now. The over under is 79 and a half in that game. Uh, But Ole Miss is a 14 and a half point underdog. Mississippi State's a seven point underdog um, in College Station. Florida's an eight and a half point favorite in Lexington. Auburn LSU is the closest game of the weekend that is not a snoozer in Tennessee, Missouri. I mean, I'm with you. I agree with you uh, that I'm more excited about this weekend than I've been in a long time for college football. A long time. Uh, but, But the lines are so big at the same time. Ole Miss, Alabama. The biggest question is, is Ole Miss ready for a game like this? Uh, Are they ready from a roster component to compete with Alabama on the road and beat Alabama in a game like this. Uh, I know they did it a year ago. 
Ole Miss's offense was almost flawless that day. Uh, they, they certainly can do the same thing again. I mean, I think Matt Corral's better than he was a year ago. Um, I think they're more balanced with uh, – let me rephrase that because they led the SEC in rushing last year. I'm talking about effective balance. I, I think they are a better running team than they were a year ago, and they are utilizing more targets than just Elijah Moore effectively. Uh, I think Ole Miss has a chance to be better offensively than they were a year ago. I really do. Um, and we've seen it. They are dramatically better on the other side of the ball as well, but dramatically better from the worst defense in America is still not, not a very good defense, right? So I, are they ready? And the day Lane Kiffin was hired, if you would have told me that Ole Miss would be ranked number 12 in America going to Tuscaloosa as just a 14-point underdog, um, what is it, 14 games into Kiffin's tenure, I would have laughed at you. I mean, there's no way. And that that's getting lost on a lot of people. And I understand why, because fans are really excited about this game. And you should be. You should be. I mean, I think Ole Miss has a chance to win. I think they have a chance to go in there and be super competitive and play a high-level football game. I think Matt Corral is a first-round pick, and if you take Malik Willis or Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell over Matt Corral, you're an idiot. But the Atlanta Falcons are going to have an early pick, and we know how stupid they are. Um, I I think he's special in this Ole Miss offense, and team is is very special. Scam likely calls me 10 times a day, by the way. Scam likely 10 times a day. Anyway. Um, I would have told you you were insane, though. Seriously, it gets lost on people with how hyped they are about these games with Arkansas and Georgia and Ole Miss and Alabama. It gets lost on people what a remarkable job both Lane Kiffin and Sam Pittman have done. Um, I, I was having a conversation yesterday with somebody about Mike Leach and can how state fans are comparing what he took over versus what Lane Kiffin took over, and yes, Lane Kiffin inherited Matt Corral and Elijah Moore, although he was lucky he got hired when he did because Matt Corral was going to get out of town quickly because of what Matt Luke and Rich Rodriguez did to him. But um, yes, there were some pieces there for Ole Miss that were more prepared to win faster. But still, re- regardless of knowing how good Matt Corral was or how what his potential was at the time or not, I would have laughed at you if you would have told me this is what you think was going to happen with both Arkansas and Ole Miss. I would have laughed at you. There's no way I thought they were going to be in this position right now. No way. Uh, And that kind of gets lost on people. What a remarkable job that's been done. And I think that is kind of masking what are some limitations still on that roster. They have upgraded at linebacker. They're significantly better at linebacker. They have some talent in the secondary. A lot of young talent, but talent nonetheless. Their defensive line so far has looked good, much better than they did a year ago, but they're still running this 3-2-6. They're very thin on the defensive line, not a lot of depth there. There are still some limitations on that side of the ball that are going to be fixed in another recruiting cycle or two and and dabbing into the transfer portal. Um, So the question is, are they ready for a game like this yet? Is the roster ready to go to Tuscaloosa and win a game? And this is a massive day. For Matt Corral. It's a massive day for Matt Corral because last year, only people around here 
knew how talented he was, with the exception of, what was it, the $4.5 million combined between Matt Luke and, and Rich Rodriguez. Most people around here recognize that he was supremely talented. And last year, everybody focused on two games. I talked about this on a podcast yesterday. Everybody last year focused on two games, and it kind of clouded how special of a season he really had a year ago. I mean, go back and look at what he did to national champion Alabama, SEC East champion Florida, uh, top 10 defense in college football, Indiana, with his backup quarterback playing wide receiver because of injuries and opt-outs. What he did to Mississippi State that had an objectively very, very, very good defense a year ago. He had a special season, but it got clouded because of two blow-up games. Nobody really... I don't want to say nobody, but nationally, people didn't appreciate how special of a season he had. That concept is gone. Everybody knows who he is now. He's top of the Heisman category, depending on the book you look at. He's either first or or second in in Heisman odds right now. Most draft analysts have him going in the top 10. Uh, I've started to see most of them get woke to the idea that Spencer Rattler is really just raw talent and not somebody that you should mortgage your future on if you're an NFL team. Um, He's emerging as probably the best draft-eligible quarterback in college football right now. Everybody's paying attention. So this is a huge day for him to affirm what people think about him. They know he's talented. They know he's got ability. But there's questions about blow-up games. This is the kind of day that he can silence some of the doubt or solidify his position in terms of Heisman Trophy and most especially, most importantly, for your program, first-round pick. And it's a huge challenge for him. He hasn't played in a road environment, a real road environment, since the Egg Bowl 2019. And he wasn't the starter that day. They were doing the alternating quarterbacks thing. Uh, He had to draw plays in the sand at the end of the game because Rich Rodriguez wasn't giving him anything to work with, so he was essentially ad-libbing when he did get to play. It it was bizarre, but that was his last true road game in front of a full stadium. They went to Baton Rouge last year, but there was 20,000 people there. That's not a road game. It's not the same. So first true road game in terms of crowd since the end of the year 2019 when he wasn't the full-time starter. What I'm most curious about him is how will he handle that because he hadn't had to do it in a while and what will he do if there's some early adversity so i'm looking at just simply you know big picture is old miss ready this is a huge day for matt corral because he can he can prove that he is ready and different Let's pretend for a second just thinking out loud that old miss gets in the same hole that that florida did against Alabama two weeks ago. Just pretend that they get in that same kind of hole. How is he going to respond to that? Is he going to panic and try to fit footballs into windows where they're not there? Or is he going to continue to do what he's done the first three weeks of this season and just take what the defense gives him, not force anything, keep some stuff underneath because you've got receivers that are making plays and getting open underneath because everybody's trying to take away the deep ball. How will he respond if he makes an early mistake? If he throws an early interception, if his team gets down into a hole, how is he going to respond? Because so far this season, his team hasn't faced any adversity at all. They've been in complete control of every game from the second the ball kicked off. 
how will he handle being on the road and in a situation where maybe there's some early adversity, where they're not moving the football right away, where Alabama's got a really good plan and is throwing things at him that he hadn't seen yet? It's a huge test for him, and I'm on it. I'm thrilled to to see how he responds to that because this is the kind of game that can solidify uh, his standing with all of those things. So I'm truly curious to see how he responds to this because this will be the difference. Uh, for him is playing well in this game. And finally, is Alabama beatable? Are they beatable? Are they human? Are the flaws that we saw when they played Florida in Gainesville, is that real or was that a one-off? Because Florida was able to get physical with Alabama and run the football. You guys saw it. Everybody saw it. Alabama was gassed late in that game. Gassed. Florida controlled everything. Florida was in better shape. Florida was more physical. Can the Ole Miss offensive line do to Alabama what Florida did? Can they control the line of scrimmage, and can they be physical and wear Alabama down? Because that front seven for Alabama was worn down by Florida. Can Ole Miss's offensive line answer the call? Because Ole Miss has better backs than Florida. Ole Miss is a better quarterback than Florida. So can the offensive line control the LOS like Florida did? It's crazy. It's, uh, it's crazy that I can say that about an Alabama team, but that's what I saw. They're flawed. They're flawed. Can almost expose those flaws. I can't wait for this game. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait for this whole weekend. Chris says, State's defense. So we'll turn the page to that game next. State's defense will give AM a problem, but their offense will be their downfall. Wash, rinse, repeat. So Mississippi State at Texas AM, it's a seven point line. It's a game that State can win. It's a game that they can win. We have seen now that a and apparently cannot score. That's kind of something you need to do to win games. People say defense wins championships. Not anymore. You have to score to win anything, and they cannot score right now. This is a game that's going to play out just like, just like the LSU game did, and just like the Memphis game did, in a way. Although Memphis can score better than a and generally speaking, but a and has more talent. This is how it's going to go. Because the formula has been set. We talked some on the radio show yesterday, you know, that everything that state does wrong right now is correctable. And uh, yes, I mean, you can correct penalties. You can correct turnovers and, and timeout management drops. But at what point does it become, oh, that's correctable to this is who they are? You know, at, at what point do we make that transition from they can correct all these? And if they do, they're, they're great to, okay, this is what the team is this year. The formula for state winning games, in my opinion, this season is good defense, special teams, mistake-free, just enough on offense to keep your heads above water. Um, I saw some stats this morning about Rodgers throwing the ball 10-plus yards in the LSU game, and some drops aided this, but completion percentage wasn't good. Um, The vertical passing game is not going to be an effective part of this offense against the better teams they play right now. There are personnel limitations that stop them from being able to do that. Uh, The difference in this game is going to be who turns the football over, who makes mistakes. That's the formula for Mississippi State. That's You tell me who turns the football over more and who has more penalties, and that's your winner. And it's that simple for them. They are not explosive enough, and they cannot score enough offensively to overcome mistakes. 
They, they can't do it. This is who they are this season for the most part. This is who they are. If they don't make mistakes, they have a good chance to win the game. If they do, they're not going to win the game. Their first eight possessions on offense last week led to three points in the first eight possessions. They only started scoring when LSU went up three touchdowns and really they just kind of cruised to the finish. Will they play mistake-free? If that answer is yes, they're going to College Station and they're winning. They are. If the answer is no, they're not. It's that simple for State right now. It is really that simple. Chase says every defense is going to give A&M problems. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, A&M might struggle to score on Ole Miss. I know they're better, but A&M is going to struggle to score on everybody. And let's not pretend like Haynes King is the second coming of Peyton Manning. I mean, we only got to see him for a half or, or so, play well anyway. Um, it wasn't pretty. I mean, he's got no experience. I, I mean, who's to say that the guy that's never played in an SEC game before got his first start as a Division One quarterback against, who was it, Rice? I don't remember. I think it was Rice. Or was it Arkansas that played Rice? This is embarrassing. I should know this off the top of my head. It was Kent State, whose first start of his life in college football was Kent State, and he didn't look good doing it. You're trying to, some people are trying to convince themselves that when Haynes King comes back, they're going to look better offensively. Yeah, I'll believe it. I'll believe it when I see it because he has one game of college football experience and it's not looking good against Kent State. So maybe that changes everything about Texas A&M, but uh, I'll, I'll believe that when I see that. Texas is a line of 20 with an 80 point over under. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's fourteen and a half now, which seems a, a little bit more, a little bit more appropriate. Uh, something I'll talk about later this week is you know what will be an acceptable result. Because uh, I'm not in the camp of if Ole Miss loses, it's you know moral victories aren't really a thing. But when you're in year two of a new coach and it's Alabama and you go there and play well, and you don't win, you should still feel really good about it. Like, if Ole Miss gets beat 52-7 to or whatever, then yeah, we've got some conversations to be had on Sunday morning. Um, but if it's close and they don't win, and I would say the same thing about Mississippi State. If State goes to, I think they host Alabama. If State plays Alabama and it's close and they don't win, it's not necessarily bad. Moral victories aren't a thing, but if you play a team like that in year two under a new coach, tough on the road, especially, it's not bad. So we'll talk about that later this week. You know, what acceptable results are and how how will you feel if you lose, but say cover the spread. Stuff like that. T says, uh, geez, I'm feeling under pressure. I'm not even the one on the field throwing the ball. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Part of me thinks that this is a free shot for Ole Miss, but then again, your quarterback has, I mean, every scout, a scout from every team in America will be at this game. Every single one for a lot of players, but, you know, Atlanta will be focusing on quarterback. I think Philadelphia will be looking at a quarterback, possibly Miami. We'll be looking at one. Houston will be closely 
monitoring one. There's a lot of teams in the NFL that will be in the top 10 in terms of pick that will be there to watch Matt Corral and will be judging his every single step. Every step they'll be judging on Saturday. So on one hand, it's kind of like a free shot. Um, On the other, I mean, he knows. Uh, Let's not pretend that the whole, yeah, I don't pay attention to that or it means nothing right now doesn't mean that they know. Doesn't mean that Matt Corral knows what his Heisman odds are. Doesn't mean that he he doesn't know what the draft people are saying about him. He's a human. You know, you can try to avoid social media all you want, but you're going to know that people think this about you. Um, anyway, huge game for him. Over under on AM versus Bishop Sycamore, 37. <laughs> 37. I mean, AM can't score on Madison Central. LSU, Alabama, and Ole Miss are always all home and away in the same year. Okay, so if we'll talk about that later this week. But that's the formula for state winning. It's not going to be throw the football down the field or run more because we know Mike Leach's offense is what it is at this point, and we know Will Rogers, at least right now, kind of is what he is. I, I think that there are some limitations there that stop them from really opening up the offense the way they really truly want to it's all about playing clean it's really that simple i mean states playing clean away from being four and oh they don't turn the football over at memphis and they win the game punt fiasco aside they don't turn the football over have a dumb penalty miss a field goal against lsu last weekend they win the football game they are clean play away from being four and oh and they also could very well be one and three. That's it. I think I think that team right now was really simple to to figure out. There's not a whole lot of questions. It's more of you know exactly what's wrong with them. And I don't I just I don't think the whole yeah, these are all correctable and they'll fix it this week is is likely. I don't think that's realistic. If you're four games in and you do the same things, then that's who you are. You know? Anyway, Georgia, Arkansas. College game day blew that, by the way. Or, or ESPN or whoever made the schedule, they blew that. I guess nobody expected Arkansas to be where they are right now, but they could have flexed the time. College game day is going to a game that kicks off as their show is ending. So they'll either have to do where they finish their show inside of the stadium, and that ruins the environment, or they're going to be outside of the stadium where everybody's inside, which ruins the environment. And I'm one of those people. Like, I still watch College Game Day. I still love I still love it. I, I watch it every Saturday. I love Lee Corso, uh, even though, yes, he has lost a, a step. I-, I will not accept Lee Corso's slander, though. Like, I have literally blocked people on Twitter for telling me that they should get him off the broadcast. I, I unblocked them right away, but just out of principle, I'll defend Lee Corso to the death. Uh, I, I wake up every Saturday and watch college game day. It's what I do. It's what I've done ever since uh, I knew what college football was. Um, and it's what I always do. They blew it with this one. Arkansas, Georgia should not be at a noon Eastern 11 central. They should not be. Um, they blew it. 
They absolutely blew it. And I'm disappointed in that fact. This game should be at night. Ole Miss, Alabama at 2.30, Arkansas, Georgia at night. What are we doing here? And same thing next week. So you, you have a situation where Ole Miss, Arkansas it could be at 11 a.m. Central. I know that 11 a.m. does well ratings-wise, and you don't want to bury games into primetime where there's a bunch of games going on at once. I get it. I understand it. But it's still, man, that game deserves a nighttime kickoff. And yet we're possibly going to get it at 11, and that just stinks. That just stinks. Um, Furman, Brett, is my answer. Furman. That's uh, that's my team. No, I did. I actually, I did attend Ole Miss. It's where I went to school. Although, uh, I feel like I uh, am able to objectively cover both programs uh, and do it well. Uh, there are some people that uh, are on message boards or whatever that think because I did attend Ole Miss for college when I was 18, uh, grew up in upstate South Carolina, knew nothing about this state. My first time coming to the state was when I toured the campus that I was going to. Um, that that those four years uh, cloud my ability to be fair. There are people that are technically media, uh, even as close as a coworker, thinks that you cannot possibly be objective if you went to one of the schools. And I think that's a joke. And it's uh, an uphill battle for me in this state. It's uh, frustrating at times, but then I remember that those people are fewer and farther between and they're morons, with all due respect. And if you think that, if you consume my content and you think that there is anti-Mississippi State bias, you're a fool. Or you're looking for a reason to think that, and you don't actually have evidence to back that up. It's a shame, though. I fight it all the time, Brett. I, uh, I fight it all the time. And uh, it's a, I, I don't know how to describe it other than it's a mentality that is pretty, uh, pretty weak. It's weak. Um, it's in most of, most of all, it's insecure. It is insecure. Uh, because if you can't dare listen to somebody who happened to have gone to Ole Miss when they were 18 years old, uh, talk about state and think that they cannot be fair, you, that's a you problem. You are a child, not me. Anyway, the night games have a better environment, Brett says, but apparently the 11 a.m. kickoffs are getting better ratings. It's, yeah, it's it's better. The, the noon Eastern time slot is getting more run than it used to. Um, that That's, a fact. I mean, you would much rather, in terms of viewership, have Ole Miss Arkansas, for example, or State LSU be on ESPN at 11 a.m. as opposed to the SEC network at 6 o'clock because many, 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 many millions more people watch ESPN at 11 as opposed to the SEC network at 6 so that's why you're seeing bad games get good times because they're on bad networks that nobody watches. Nobody's watching the SEC network at 6 o'clock. They're not. You've got games on ESPN, ESPN2, ABC, Fox. It all kind of gets buried. You would much rather, if you want the maximum exposure for your school and the most people to watch it and stuff like that, which does matter, 
you would rather 11 a.m. on ESPN as opposed to 6 o'clock or 3 o'clock on the SEC network. More people, simply put, more people watch ESPN at 11. It's that simple. Randall says, I used to think you were just an old Miss homer, but after this year and your coverage of baseball, I respect you now. Thanks, man. See, that's that's all it takes is just to actually sit down and listen to me. I, I will be honest. As far as I will be honest as to how I see it. Um, I will be critical of Ole Miss when I think criticism is warranted. You should have heard me during baseball season. I will praise them when I think it's warranted, and I will do the exact same thing. For, for Mississippi State, I will be critical when I think it's warranted, and I will praise when I think it's warranted. That, that's it. That, at the end of the day, is what I think is best for my future. Um, and I would like to think I've got one that extends beyond what I'm currently doing. So if I want to have that, this is the best way I, I know to do it. And that's more important to me than any allegiance. So, anyway... Didn't plan on getting down into those weeds today. It's a it's a conversation that frustrates me, if we're being honest. But anyway, uh, huge weekend upcoming. Huge weekend. So much on the line. So much to learn this weekend. Williams says, "I think you lean more to Ohio State than Ole Miss." <laughs> I mean, I got a lot of Ohio State stuff everywhere up here. Um, yeah, I grew up uh, once a year. My dad and I would go to an Ohio State game. Uh, he's he's from there. Uh, I never lived there. Obviously, I, I lived in South Carolina my whole life. Um, uh, but he played uh, baseball at a small college, and it, it's similar to like you know people that go to MC that pick Ole Miss or State because, with all due respect, MC football is not the same thing as SEC football. It, very similar situation. Although he was Division three football, um, baseball played at a higher level. But anyway, uh, so. That's what we would do every year. We'd go to Furman games, and when uh, when we could, we'd jump up to Columbus and go to a, an Ohio State game. Um, it's a pretty cool place. Inside of the stadium, it's a pretty cool place. Around it, leaves a lot to be desired. Let's uh, let's just say that. So, anyway, anyway. I can't wait for this weekend. We'll talk more about it as uh, the week goes on as well, of course. And anything else that pops up between now and uh, and then, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Michael Borky on YouTube. Be a part of it. And uh, thank you guys for commenting as you do. I appreciate uh, all of this. This is fun. I like doing the morning live streams. Um, maybe with your help, we'll get to a point where I can monetize this channel and have this little side thing that I'm doing become beneficial besides just having a little fun in the mornings. So we'll uh, we'll see. Anyway, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you and we'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. Talk Mississippi Media Production.